them. Matthew chapter 16. And our text this morning is the verse 23. But he turned, that is the Lord Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offence unto me. For thou savourest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. When speaking about the deaths of King Saul and Jonathan, King David uttered the words, How are the mighty fallen? For Samuel 1.25 Those very same words, How are the mighty fallen? Could be used to describe what took place in the life of Simon Peter. For the last time we considered the life of Peter, you recall the Lord challenged his disciples and said unto them, Whom say ye that I am? Peter was the first to speak, Peter was the first to respond to the Lord's challenge. Peter said, Thou art the Christ the son of the living God that really was a tremendous statement a statement of faith a declaration that Peter believed in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ thou art the Christ the son of the living God the Lord then commended Peter After Peter had declared those words, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Lord then commended Peter, commended him with these words. Verse 17, you see them there. Blessed art thou, <coughs> Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. What Peter declared about Christ and his deity did not come from man. It did not come from human reasoning. It came from God the Father. That tells me that at that time Peter was in touch with heaven. <coughs> And God had evidently revealed to Peter the true identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. There were not many, as we noted a couple of weeks ago, there were not many who believed that. Not at all. Scribes, Pharisees, 
chief priests and elders believed that the Lord was an imposter none of them believed that Christ was God but Peter did in all probability he was speaking for the other disciples but as we all know Peter was the one who usually spoke out first thou art the Christ the son of the living God and the Lord blessed them for that but we're told that when Peter spoke again as it is recorded here in Matthew 16 he said something that didn't come from God came from man it came from man Peter rebuked the Lord Jesus and there you see we can apply the words of King David regarding Saul and Jonathan how are the mighty fallen Simon Peter had been lifted up had been raised up by the Lord and blessed in a very special way and now the next time we read about Peter he rebukes Christ how are the mighty fallen we have here in this portion of scripture a sharp rebuke yes we're told Peter rebuked the Lord but the Lord rebuked Peter in a way listen in a way that he had never done before so I want to look at this sharp or severe rebuke from the Lord this morning we'll consider the Lord's revelation of his sufferings the Lord's revelation of his sufferings verse 21 <coughs> from that time forth began Jesus began mark that from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day now this is the first time in the Lord's public ministry the first time that the Saviour revealed to his disciples what lay before him in Jerusalem yes up until this point he had given some hints as it were to his sufferings but he had not gone into any detail it was as if he wanted to break it to the disciples gently he had before given them some of those hints for he did say listen John 2 verse 19 destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up when he spoke about the temple he was speaking about 
Islam nothing. And of course, from the time the Savior came into the world as God manifest in flesh, there were those who wanted to do that very thing. They wanted to destroy him. For we read in Matthew 2 and verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. A strong language. Herod wanted to destroy the Lord. You go on over to Matthew 12. And there in Matthew 12, we read in verse 14. <coughs> then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. He also said in the course of his ministry to the disciples he also said in John 12 verse 32 I if I be lifted up from the earth I will draw all men unto me evidently speaking about the cross I if I be lifted up from the earth and so these views of the Lord's atoning work on Calvary the Lord revealed to the disciples not going into a great deal of detail until now just as we read from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go on to Jerusalem and suffer many things notice first of all regarding this revelation of his sufferings the Lord spoke about the place the place from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go on to Jerusalem and suffer many things now of course the Lord Jesus was the stranger of Galilee from Galilee but here we the Lord says he must go unto Jerusalem indeed the original reads as follows it is necessary for him to go away to Jerusalem necessary and the Lord said he must go so why why was it necessary in the Lord's planning necessary for him to go away to Jerusalem to suffer and die why Jerusalem well because the temple was there 
And in the temple, the sacrifices were offered. Therefore, Christ must go to Jerusalem to sacrifice, to lay down his life for sinners because his sacrifice would be the supreme sacrifice. His would be the greatest of all sacrifices. Remember over in the book of Daniel, when Daniel was betrayed and those there in authority were jealous of Daniel and they wanted to put him to death. And when he knew, when he heard that the writing was signed against him, what did he do? He went into his house, he went into his chamber. And we read, his windows being open in his chamber towards Jerusalem. Daniel 6 verse 10. Why towards Jerusalem? Because once again, Daniel knew that there in Jerusalem was the temple, and there in the temple sacrifices would be made, blood would be shed. <coughs> and Daniel was praying. And when he was praying, it was evidently thinking about the sacrifice in Jerusalem in the temple is not how our prayers are accepted of God it's not because of who we are what we are our prayers are accepted because of the sacrifice our prayers are accepted because of Christ's sacrifice because of Christ shedding his blood on the ground of the shed blood our prayers are accepted in heaven so there's the place we notice also the purpose the Lord revealed to his disciples why he must go unto Jerusalem. The Lord said there at Jerusalem, he must go there and suffer many things. So the Lord was fully aware. This is it. The Lord was fully aware of what awaited him at Jerusalem. He knew what would take place there. He describes it, how that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things, of the elders, of the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. The Lord knew all of that. He knew who would betray him. He knew who would conspire against him. He knew that he would suffer many things. He knew that they would put him to death. He knew it all. That was the purpose of him going to Jerusalem. But re and regarding this purpose, 
we notice the must must the Lord said he must go to Jerusalem it was a must you know a few months ago I did a series preached a series on the musts of the master the number of times in the gospels you read about the Lord saying I must do this I must do the other and here is another must I must go to Jerusalem to suffer many things the dear Savior knew that he must suffer many things it was a must because one because of prophecy because it had been prophesied that the Lord Jesus would suffer many things we're all familiar with the words of Isaiah 53 Isaiah 53 in verse 3 he is despised this is Christ he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised he was despised and we esteemed him not in verse 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed that was prophesied way back there in Isaiah and that was why the Lord must go to Jerusalem he must go to Jerusalem to fulfill the prophetic word because there at Jerusalem he would be wounded for our <coughs> transgression and bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace would be laid on him by his stripes And the dear Saviour received many stripes. Probably 39. <coughs> when Pilate afflicted the Lord and scourged him. The scourger's whip fell upon his back. 39 and the Lord Jesus knew that was all before him because it had been prophesied Zechariah chapter 13 and verse 7 here's another prophecy awake O sword that is the sword of God's judgment awake O sword against my shepherd Christ of course is the good shepherd is the chief shepherd awake O sword against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow 
It's God speaking. My shepherd. My fellow. Saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd. And the sheep shall be scattered. And I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. And we know what took place. When they came and they arrested the Lord. The sheep were scattered. Often think about the loneliness of Christ in so many areas of those days leading up to his crucifixion. I was left alone. The shepherd was taken and the sheep were scattered and they all forsook him and fled. It had been prophesied and the Lord must go to Jerusalem and fulfill prophecy. Another reason he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things because it was prophesied. He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things because of his people. Let us not lose sight of that. If God's chosen were to be saved from all their sins, then Christ must suffer, bleed, and die and shed his blood for them. <coughs> if you and I, believer, were to be saved, and the sinner is to be saved, then Christ must go to Jerusalem. And when the dear Saviour went to Jerusalem and there laid down his life suffering many things listen he had you and me on his heart. He was doing it for us. I must go to Jerusalem God's chosen were to be saved from all their sins then Christ must suffer he must suffer many things think of the believer for you and I to be saved from our sin from hell from a lost eternity Christ the son of God must suffer and we praise his name he did suffer I must suffer many things and he did you and me we ought to get a hold of that so he did for sinners I like the way Daniel puts it regarding the death of Christ. Daniel says, And shall the Messiah, Christ, 
they cut off or his death the sire shall be cut off listen but not for himself he wouldn't be cut off for himself oh yes they wanted to destroy him but the whole purpose of the Lord coming into this world and going to the cross and suffering many things was not for himself for me Messiah be cut off but not for himself Daniel 9 verse 26 as well as the must the Lord must suffer many things it's also here the mystery yes there's a mystery there in that verse 21 how that he must go on to Jerusalem and suffer many things you might look at that and at the Saviour's words and you might say well where's the mystery will you look at the Lord's words when he said he must suffer many things how can you explain that? There's the mystery. Many, many things. Many things. We only know a certain amount about the Lord's sufferings. What we read in Scripture. But even at that, what we're told in Scripture about what the Lord suffered, we cannot enter into them. They don't know what they were like. But here the Lord told the disciples, He must suffer many things. There's the mystery. Many things. How do you explain that? How can you enter into those many things? There's the mystery. We only know about a few things. And even at that, we cannot enter into them. We can read them, yes. We can try and understand them. But to enter into exactly how the Lord felt in his sufferings is beyond us. None of the ransom ever knew how deep were the waters crossed or how dark the night the Lord passed through where he found his sheep that were lost none of the ransom ever knew how dark that night was 
Arctic, where the waters of Christ passed, the very fine the sheep that were lost. What do we know about what the Saviour went through? During those hours of darkness, they're hidden from us. They're hidden. And that darkness, it was a darkness that could be felt. What the word means. Three hours of darkness. Hidden from the face of man. Hidden from the face of friends. Hidden from the face of family. And hidden from the face of his father. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We pointed out before that word forsaken is a word that means abandoned. My God, my God, why hast thou abandoned me? We know nothing about that. It's a mystery. We believe it. Praise the Lord. We believe it with all of our hearts. What do we know about that darkness? What do we really know about him suffering many things? What do we know about that cup? That our dear Saviour prayed over there in Gethsemane. Prayed alone. Oh, he brought Peter, James and John with him to pray with him, to watch with him. And they fell asleep. And he prayed alone. And he sweat as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And he prayed about that cup three times. How deep was that cup? How dark was that cup? What dread was in that cup that Christ prayed over? If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. There's much debate and discussion about what was meant by the cup. My own personal opinion and study, that cup was the cup of separation from his father. The Lord Jesus, who had been the darling of the Father's bosom, 
Christ was the Father's darling. Fellowship between Father and Son had never been broken. That's what Christ saw in that cup. That in that cup he would be forsaken of his Father. Abandoned by his Father. And Ross cousin penned it well. Death and the curse were in our cup. O Christ, twas full for thee. But I has drained the last dark drop. Tis empty now for me. That bitter cup, love drank it up. Love drank it up. Now blessings draft for me. Lord Jesus drank that cup, was forsaken of his heavenly Father for those three hours. Because, believer, you and I will never be forsaken. Never. Because the Father and our Savior was forsaken, we never will be. Mark tells us, saying the same words about Christ suffering many things, then he adds one other detail. Mark 9 verse 12 It is written of the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be set at naught set at naught set at naught those words set at naught or that word naught means to treat with utter contempt means to be despised it means to be treated as nothing. Treated as nothing. Treated as nothing. Can any of us know or understand what it meant for the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was the song of angels worshipped and adored in heaven to come into this world and to be treated as nothing still treated that way today for many in this world today Christ is nothing no, not just means nothing. He is nothing to many today. What about you? You treat him as nothing. No part of your life. He's just nothing. As far as you're concerned, he might as well not have existed at all. I would tell you 
and you're going to meet them one day. But they sent the Son of God at naught. Just one of the mysteries of Christ's sufferings at Calvary. So we have looked at the must, what he must do. We looked at the mystery. Many things. Then there is also here the mission. The mission. The Savior revealed to his disciples that he must suffer many things and be killed. That was his mission. Some may say that's a strange mission, isn't it? Must go to Jerusalem to suffer and be killed. But that was his mission. To come into the world, to suffer, bleed, and die for guilty, hell deserving sinners. That was his mission. Who shall go for us? The Lord said, Here am I, send me. Paul the Apostle said that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's why he came into the world. First Timothy 1.15 And his coming into the world meant that he would die for sinners. In the introduction we talked about the sacrifice. Without a sacrifice there is no remission of sin. Without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. There's no removal of sin. Without the blood. And that was the mission that the Lord Jesus embarked upon when he left the bosom of his Father and came into this world. It was to die for sinners. It was to shed his blood for sinners. There's a fountain opened in the house of David for sin and for uncleanness. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And Christ came into the world to shed his blood. What did Paul say? The wages of sin is death. Remember preaching one time on that text. I give it the title. The worst paid workers who never go and strike. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise his name. We praise the name of the Lord Jesus because if the wages of sin is death, Christ had those wages for us. He died for us. 
so that all who receive him as Savior and all who go to that place called Calvary and are washed in his blood, he died that we might never die. Christ paid the wages for his people. And he laid down his life there in Calvary. That was his mission. And that mission, believer, involves you and I. That's right. To then to the world to rescue. To redeem you and me. By his death and by suffering many things. And laying down the blood. That's right. He let it down. It wasn't taken from him. I have power, the Lord said, to lay it down. And power to take it up again. That's what Christ did. He let it down. He didn't die a martyr. He let down his life. He sacrificed his life. And no greater love than any man than this than a man lay down his life for his friend. Look at the place, the purpose, finally, the promise. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go on to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day aren't we glad that when the Lord said he must suffer many things and be killed he didn't stop there no he didn't stop there he said and be raised again the third day raised again there's the promise now we know that the Lord always keeps his promises. He never breaks a promise. And here's his promise. As we raised the third day. He gave that promise to the disciples. And we'll see tonight. Lord willing. Peter just seemed to have ignored those words. Be raised. The third day. But he kept his promise. Up from the grave, he arose. With a mighty triumph over his foe, he arose a victor over the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. Hallelujah. Christ arose. So that every time we come to the Lord's house, we sing the Psalms. We sing our hymns and we offer our prayers. We come to worship a living Savior. No, the tomb is empty. The cross is empty. 
but the throne of the Father's right hand is occupied by the Lord Jesus Christ. And there he sits, King of Kings, crowned with glory and honor, majesty and praise. He's our Savior. The wonderful truth is the fact that the Lord Jesus arose from the dead. Do what the Lord says. Because I live, he shall live also. What does the sinner look forward to? What is it that awaits the sinner? Death hell and the grave what does the believer look forward to eternal life with Christ in glory because the Lord said because I live and he does ye shall live also I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man devil or demon pluck them out of my hand praise the Lord tonight we want to look at the response the Lord's servant after what the Lord said to his disciples tonight we'll consider what Peter said in response to what Christ said it's hard to believe that those words came from the lips of Peter but they did to come back again tonight we'll consider the sharp rebuke that's by our heads in prayer our dear Lord thy word humbles us when we think that the Lord Jesus himself said he must suffer many things he must as sinners were to be saved Lord use thy word today to bring sinners to thyself Bless us, Lord, throughout this thy day. Return us this evening. Once again to worship thee. And spend time around thy word. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.